Spooky Friends. My name is John. I'm your host for Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. And tonight, I have a very special guest with me, Farrah Dawn from the Conversation Cabin podcast. Welcome, Farrah. How are you? Thank you, John. I'm doing very well, and I hope you are too. It is a pleasure for me to be here. So thank you again for the invite. Yeah, no problem. So one of the things I wanted to do tonight is learn a little bit about you and your interest in the paranormal. And I can say that I have listened to your podcast, uh, The Conversation Cabin, and absolutely love it. It's a great show. I will put all your links and all that good stuff so people can uh, take a look at it and my what I call my spooky friends. So uh, they can, uh, you know, enjoy it as much as I do. So, Vera, tell me a little bit about yourself and what interests you in the paranormal. Well, um, I think most of us, well, I would say maybe most of us had started out watching Ghost Adventures, and that's where I actually started. And this was back in like 2004, 2005. And, you know, now primarily at first, I was mainly just like a backseat driver. You know, I watched and studied and read books and would watch documentaries, just seeing what kind of evidence was actually brought out to try to prove if the paranormal was real. And then in more recent years, um, I've actually been able to investigate myself so I can get my own answers, because I'm sure a lot of us started out as skeptics, as I did. And uh, I pretty much just proved it to myself. I I live on a 488-acre haunted property with a ominous, dark, haunted cave that's feet from my back door and a haunted house. So I've, you know, become very close to the paranormal, we'll just say. Hence why I started the conversation cabin. That's how I came up with the name as well. But um, yeah, I just think that more of us need to get out there. And I'm trying to create that platform where people can come on and share their stories. But I'm also covering stories just because I love telling stories of the paranormal or cryptids or UFOs and aliens. There's so much out there for us to uncover. So I'm trying to do that myself with researching and investigating. And I write my own stories, you know, do the research myself. I do everything myself on the podcast. It's my my little baby. <laughs> that is excellent. Yeah, that's that's like a lot of us. Like I do that too, because we're so interested in the paranormal and the mystery behind it. And there's sometimes it's nice that you don't have an answer, you know? That sometimes right. it's like I I just don't know how that works, right? Uh and that you can kind of talk about that and have that open conversation. So I have to ask you this question. Vera, do you have a favorite or spooky personal paranormal experience you would like to share with us? Oh, definitely. Of course. I mean, I will have to go back to my cave here that I investigate. um, And we'll just say that a lot of events ended up tragic from me investigating the cave, as in I lost three chickens because something... Uh, took them. Don't know if they're killed, but took them because there was no blood. You know, all there was was feathers. And that's a whole other story. But 
when I did investigate the cave a few months ago and uh, three different mediums from three different states who do not know each other, um, as yeah. I was in there and they had watched a video, they had said that they had seen like a skinwalker type that's in the cave. And oh, I've actually caught um, a very dark black shadow manifesting from an inky blob to mm. a vertical you you know human or vertical figure i should say because i don't want to i say it's human because i don't know but yeah. a, a lot of experiences here have really opened my eyes they've been more of the negative um evil mm. kind of entity what it said is yeah. that there was a shaman that thousands of years ago like maybe a thousand two thousand years ago had banished yeah. some of the indians that lived here because they were delving into magic that was not good of course for the tribe and so they were banished as skinwalkers in the cave and they are yeah. trying to get me to let them out that's how it was said to me that's amazing you know because obviously you're familiar with skinwalker ranch correct of course and my place has <laughs> been pretty much because i have ufo activity here um you know oh. bigfoot activity here like there is a supposed sasquatch pod that lives around this property i've caught the bigfoot howl on an evp recorder session before which you know if you go on my instagram go toward yeah. like the beginning of when i started my instagram for the conversation cabin and there you'll find i've posted a lot of the evidence that i've gathered again this is why i started doing it because i don't know yeah. about you john but Mm -hmm. Aren't you tired of like when you tell someone that you saw something or right. you took a picture of something and they say, mm -hmm. well, that's not what it is. But then you ask, mm -hmm. okay, well, then tell me what it is. And they can't. Right. So yeah. then I went out there and found my own answers. But again, when I went into the cave the next day, that's when I lost two more chickens. So hmm. something in there. Yeah. was trying to give me a clue like do not come into my place or i'm going to come out to your place yeah. right exactly and that that is absolutely fine uh fascinating because i don't know here in wisconsin our main cryptid is called uh, it's called the beast of bray road very, and no, very much about that <laughs> yeah so it's like a werewolf creature um i talked to uh the owner of American um, Ghost Walks on one of our episodes. And he said that, again, you know, nobody knows what this thing is. It could be an interdimensional being. It could be, you know, some cursed skinwalker. It could be uh, a number of different things. And one of the things he told me, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but he said, when he was out, he was at this barn and he was a kid and, you know, stupid. He has one of those deserted barns in the middle of nowhere, you know, and uh, cliche, scary barns uh, in horror movies and went in there and there were all these chicken bones all over this barn, in the walls, on the floor, everywhere. And he was like, how's that, you know, is some kids do that for fun or is this, you know, and this was in that area too. And people have found, like you said, chicken bones on this area, but no one 
is really get definitive proof uh, of that. But and, and it's hard to explain, right? It's hard to say like, well, it's a werewolf. Oh, okay, I get you. Sure, it is kind of attitude, right? Um, and, and you know, there are things out there like that. You know, it, it's it's just hard to prove to somebody who are extremely skeptical about like, well i you know, do what have is. a picture of a dog man um oh, it, what awesome. what looks like a dog man and you yeah. know it's actually several times um we have a very strong smell that comes through our air conditioner that's in the bedroom of a very um you know urine very very mm. strong urine like you know three barrels of urine has been dumped right beside our wow. air conditioner and it's just flooding into our house so we have some different you know activity like that as well and you're right you know the one thing that you know everybody wants to see that holy grail but yes. these beings are you know i've talked with the best researchers i've talked with nick valente who is the founder mm -hmm. of the international dogman project um wow. jessica jones the cryptid hunters who is like a boots on the ground researcher and i can tell you from you know talking to nick and jessica and some other friends of mine um that are bigfoot dogman kind of cryptid researchers yeah. that there's something out there it's the fact that you have to many people have to start or stop thinking that they're just flesh and blood. They are a, some sort of supernatural as well. Mm -hmm. So then right. that is the way that they are able to stay elusive. They can travel sure. through different portals, you know, from different um, corners of the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just cannot be so uh, close-minded, narrow-minded to think that we're the only living mm -hmm. kind of species humanoid creatures in this entire right. cosmos there's just no right. way and when you look at what we do to each other on a daily mm. basis no right. this can't mm. be all that there is because then if there is then someone did something awful <laughs> because you just don't treat yes. people the way that we see the negativity you know being spread and, you know, it's so easy to divide us. So, again, there has to be other things out there. It has to be. Absolutely. And, you know, I always use the platypus. <laughs> so the first time you saw the platypus, you know, somebody saw it. They went like, wait a minute. It's got a duck bill, but it looks like an otter or a beaver or what? I don't know. what It's got web. It, what is that thing? You know, you might have thought it was a joke, right? But it exists. Fine. The platypus is right there. And, you know, there's also all these, there's so many, they say that like in the South American jungles, there's still so many uh, different species that we're, we don't even know that are in there. And they discover like every week or month, they have like a new species of bird or insect or whatever. So why couldn't there be like a dog man or, you know, Bigfoot or whatever you want to say, uh, Beast mm -hmm. of Bray Road, right? It only makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we have not really we haven't even researched all of the ocean let yeah, let too. alone all of the forest and you know so there's just there's just no way that we're the only thing here and i mean and people have had have brought enough good starting evidence to prove mm -hmm. that there is some things what fully they are where they fully come from that's what we're all doing in you know even this big world of podcasting 
you, me, a lot of our friends that we know that are doing this, you know, we're the ones that are trying to keep this on the forefront, research, ask questions, get out there yourself. That's what I always tried to promote. Absolutely. Now, we're not going to do a cryptid today, but I got something just as good for you, Farah. (laughs) So, have you ever heard of the Edinburgh Manor in Monticello, Iowa? The name Edinburgh Manor sounds familiar to me, yes. Okay, so... This will blow your mind. It's in the middle of Iowa. I have a ton of family in Iowa. I've always told my listeners that. Uh, And so I know where this is. And it is, if you were to make a horror movie and go like, hey, I'm I'm looking to scout locations. Uh, I need a manor. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Like, literally. Awesome. Fair, you would go like, perfect, film it, let's go, let's get the crew in, let's go. I'm so, all about hmm. it. Let me tell you a little bit about it, because and especially some of the paranormal activity you're going to love here. And please chime in, like I said, if you have any questions or you just want to, you know, maybe, hey, that sounds like such and such, or that sounds like this. So let's get right into the spookiness. Uh, the notorious for- farmer, excuse me, former par- farm mental institution and retirement home in Iowa. So it was a farm, a mental institution, and then your grandma and grandpa probably were there if you were in Iowa. So I'm like, right. wait a minute. And this is aren't crazy, the poor right? farms right. Aren't the poor farms, John, like years ago when they started coming out with poor farms, a lot of them where where husbands would dump off their wives or wives would Correct. dump off their husbands if they were like an yep. alcoholic. So you always yep. got to feel bad when you hear horror stories that come out of these Absolutely. old poor farms and asylums because there were normal human beings that maybe just had, you know, a wife that kind of you mm-hmm. know yelled too much to her husband or something and then they're being in the same room with an absolute 100% mental person mental, that was having yeah, some correct. issues how that must have worked back in the day is just scary mm. itself absolutely so during its decades in operation it has played host to sinister occurrences and has earned a reputation as one of the most haunted places in the midwest now this is my favorite part. It, when I, I'm going to talk about it later, but <laughs> I've never heard of anything like this. Well, maybe something similar to this. Uh, it is supposed to be home to a tall and slender entity that possesses, again, a sinister expression and, personali- and personality. His name is from a famous comic book villain. Don't shout it out. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, you can guess, put it in your head right now, people, but don't shout it out. But also, hey, I didn't know if you know this. You can stay overnight if you dare. <laughs> and I'll get into that, how you can stay overnight and uh, do some. They're totally open to paranormal. Um, they're, they're totally open for you to go there. Um, and I'll get to the prices and stuff later. Maybe that will change your mind later, Farah. But, you know, who knows? Uh, so, Farah, are you ready to get spooky? I am ready. Lay it on me. Okay. So first, I always do my sources so people can be like, and I put those in my uh, episode links and everything. 
So people know like, hey, where can I read about this and everything like that? So first is my uh, is from the Haunted Rooms website, Edinburgh Manor website, Bump in the Night, Milwaukee Paranormal, and the Little House of Horrors and History of Edinburgh Manor. All websites, again, I will put that on the episode link so you can go and take a look at them fair out after the episode and go like, oh, yeah, that is a spooky place. <laughs> so, it will definitely. Thank you. So the, the town of Edinburgh was originally the county seat. And I'm going to get into a little bit of history, not too much. I, I, sometimes I like to put a lot of history in, but this I'm going to get to the spooky stuff a little sooner than later. But still got to know the history. So. Like I said, the town of Edinburgh was originally the county seat of Jones County. In June 1840, the land located at Section 36, I know this sounds boring, Wayne Township was originally deeded for a courthouse. <laughs> but they Ooh. didn't make a courthouse there. Eventually, what they did was, after the grant, they decided that they wanted to make a county poor farm. So they scrapped the courthouse idea and they said, let's do this. Now, <laughs> this is where we, we go. We're not PC here because this is the 1800s. So people you know, don't get upset when I read who they look for or who these people were in here. They describe this as, I'm sorry if I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous the way they talk back in the now, 1800s. I was just trying to sit there and think, how do you go from a government <laughs> building to right. a poor farm, right. like on the right. hand, on the little scale, it's like, hmm, government official building or sticking people in a poor farm where we pretty much forget about them. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. Let's go do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is the president of the United States at that time, John Buchanan, he signed this in the law or he signed this, this so they could do that. So I'm like, huh? <laughs> the president Exa well, was yeah. like, put him in there. So. <clears throat> This is described as a comfortable retreat. I'm sorry if I get up last if I'm laughing because it's just great. For the lazy, able-bodied, and willing dependent applicants. So oh, do you wow. follow me on that? A comfortable retreat for the lazy, able-bodied, and willing What a pamphlet that would make. <laughs> You know, if you're going to, you know, you kind of look at it. I mean, again, not in a, a funny way. I'm trying to make light of it. Those yeah. people probably suffered immensely. Yeah. But could you imagine oh, yeah. a, a pamphlet that you give to your wife when you're about to yeah. drop her off because she didn't cook dinner at 6 p.m. Exactly. each night? And here, honey, exactly. this is a lovely place. See, now this is for the lazy, which you are. So see, you're going to fit right in there, babe. <laughs> So now remember what you said about being next to, uh, you know, an insane person or somebody with mental difficulty. So they also, this poor farm housed the poor. So like you're you know, incurably insane and disabled. So <laughs> they kind of mixed everyone together. Oh, you're lazy and you're, you're really insane. Let's put you in together. <laughs> That hey, would roommate. be a hell of a Halloween party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh, so here's what the tenants were given, uh, Farah. So don't feel too bad for the tenants, all right? They were given shelter and food for their labor. So come on now. That we piece of bread 
you know, I'm sure that they prayed yeah. heavily on that overnight. <laughs> and they would. So this farm was a working farm. They would farm agriculture and livestock. Now, <clears throat> this is crazy. I didn't think it would be an operation this long. The poor farm was an operation from 1850 and to 1910. And in that time, and this is sad, this is really sad, there were over 150 documented deaths on the property. And just to make things worse, the family never came back for them. They would just put them on marked graves or a mass burial and just throw them out there and just be like, yep, there you go. Yeah. I, and That's I, and sad. I do know, I do know this place from, I think, uh, I know, I, I know that Ghost Adventures covered it at one time. Correct. I just don't know correct. what year, but. That's the one thing that I never understood about poor farms is that, you know, they just their family, they just left them. Or if it was like a disabled or a child with a, a mental disability or mm -hmm. physical disability back in the day, they thought that there was something wrong, like, right. wrong, you know, like, oh, you're you're an outcast. You're like a troll. So that's why they would dump them there. But then you know, to never go and pick them up again. I mean, remember that one, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but there's another haunted place where I remember that a, a girl, again, it was a poor farm, but she was mm -hmm. locked in a Faraday cage for most of her Ugh. life. Oh and gosh. she went there at age 14 years old because she had Ugh. fallen in love with someone oh. that the parents didn't like. And that was the reason that she was dumped at the poor farm. Mm. Could you imagine you oh. are a hundred percent normal human being yes. in every way, mentally, right. physically, all you do. And what are we fighting for most in this day and age for everyone to love who they want to love? Right. Right. But back in the day, she wasn't allowed to love who she wanted to love because mm. he wasn't, um, you know, whether it was because he wasn't rich or his family right. wasn't well-named, but she was stuck there until mm. she died in like her 60s, 70s, dragging herself on the floor because the mm. Faraday cage, John, was long ways, not mm. tall ways. So oh then she God. had to always be laying down and she had the look of a physically di disabled person later on mm. in life because she was never able to stretch out and grow. Oh. She was kept in that. So, you know, you wonder what happens at all these poor farms. And one of it is mm. heavily abused, you know, heavily, you know, the yeah. not fed the proper, I mean, could you imagine having to go and, and take care of your crops and your animals, but yet you don't get to eat that food? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so yeah. luckily, <laughs> the farm was torn down in 1910, and then in 1911 was replaced by the current Edinburgh Manor. And again, it, it housed incurably insane, the poor... And the elderly. So, yeah, again, you could, oh, grandma, I'm sick of taking care of her. Here, grandma, go in there. Oh, there's an insane person that's right down the hall. Oh, well. 
Yeah, I don't know how the government even Mm. thought that in their head that that was normal to mix and just drop off, you know, people that you just didn't like or didn't want to have anymore. You know, you didn't want to take care of your own blood. What a, you know what, you want to talk about lazy. (laughs) Well, then wouldn't that be considered lazy if you dropped off your child because you didn't want to, I mean, and John, think about it. Some of them would have been dropped off if they had something simple as ADD or ADHD. Correct. Yeah. So. It's like my son had. Again, who's lazy here? (laughs) Absolutely. Now, this will blow your mind, okay? The Edinburgh Manor, uh, referred to as the manor, <laughs> was still in operation until November 2010. Still oh, my going. God. Yeah. That's awful. Unbelievable. That's awful, right? And I'll get to some of the even worse stuff. So... Okay, so the building contains, it's about 12,000 square feet, so it's not small. I mean, it's pretty big, right? It's consisting of two floors and a basement, and it, like I said, served the elderly, disabled, the mentally ill. Um, male inmates, they didn't do this until later, but eventually they said, we need to house the male inmates in the West Wing and put the women in the East. Now, who is the genius who came up with that after a while? This was not done, just to be clear. This was not done until like the 1980s, I believe, from my research. Oh, my gosh. So basically, it was men and women sharing the same room, okay, with, like I said, an insane person and your grandma. So, (laughs) Yeah, how did that? I would love to have been on a fly in the wall just to kind of hear the conversations in those Mm. rooms. (laughs) Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. So by the 2000s, there were between 20 and 40 residents. And this is, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. And an attempt to cut the high annual cost, like, hey, we don't take care of our older people. The heck with them. The county hired a non-for-profit company to provide care for the inmates, okay? What followed was a scandal of mismanagement and abuse that led the company being fired in the middle of, of course, a Medicaid fraud investigation. Three employees at the other facility also were charged with sexual assault of residents and they said someone who came in and like, come on, you know, who did it like a uh, uh, review of it said the Edinburgh Manor was cited for being dangerous and not conducive to having disabled people live there. It was shut down in 2010 and the building was put up for sale. So <laughs> thank God for that. But dangerous isn't even, I mean, dangerous, neglectful. I mean, I would like to know yeah. what the um, the nurses per patient ratio was back then. Hmm. So I have a thing that I will put on my, I will try to put on my um, social media sites like Instagram, Facebook. It might work there, Twitter possibly, uh, where when they when the owners took over, and I'll get this in a second, when the owners took over, they just left their stuff. So there's all these medical records. So, you know, like HIPAA now, where you, 
where we developed HIPAA, where you can't be like, hey, what is Joe down the street? Why is he such a weirdo? Please tell me. You know what I'm saying? It would be in there. Yep. Yeah, everything was in there. So all these medical, uh, these, I have in PDF, where they left. They just left all these medical documents. So some of them are like, oh, insane, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. These terrible things they say about people, all the medication they gave them. You can just, even if you're not a doctor, you look at this and, and go, what? <laughs> I'm sure. Didn't you say there was like 135 people or so that were, that had died? You know, you wonder what is in their plus. file. Yeah. What is plus. in their file and like Correct. how did they what did the nurses and doctors there say was the reason for them to be for them you know they're passing mm-hmm. away you know you wonder right. yeah right they covered this up uh, from i didn't want to get in because since we're a paranormal podcast and not a political one <laughs> and a healthcare one but basically they covered everything up as much as they could i mean one of the things uh, they would say to people from my research is, let's say you want to see your grandma, right? Hey, I'm going to go see grandma. And you go in there, they would block you from coming in the building and say, well, your grandmother isn't feeling very well today and you can't come in. Oh, hell no. No, I would have fought my way through there. There's yeah. no way someone is is tackling me mm-hmm. at the front door. No yep. way. And I That's bet you they, they tried to use the, well, you dropped them off here. Correct. So don't you trust us Correct. to take care of them? I mean, yes. and then what there's probably that's probably why some people didn't fight because they got made to be feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, yep. I I did absolutely drop my grandma off here. So I mean, why yes, am I fighting okay, so much no. to see them, you know? But come yeah. on. You still yeah. they still have to have that for their own mental well being. Yes, absolutely. So again, none of this makes sense to me. All right. September in 2011, a couple bought the place and this is what they wanted to do to it. Turn it into a bed and breakfast. So, wow. I don't know about you, Farrah, but I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, maybe they'll have grandma come and bring them tea she'll be a ghost but i mean i'm sure there's going to be a couple spirits and and also think about it like this i bet you that place has some major hauntings because yes they're looking at anyone that walks in there like you're the normal people like the nurses and the doctors so i'm Mm -hmm. sure people can be tormented in that place absolutely so it never worked out Duh. <laughs> a bed and breakfast. See? Again, when, it, it just come on. So the current owners bought, which I love because I love, 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 love history. Okay. I'm a, a big history nerd. Um, the current owners bought the building to preserve its history, but they had no idea of the paranormal events they were about to experience, which we just talked about, right? Like talking to people who maybe haven't, and how do you explain it? And, you know, now you have something that is basically paranormal central. (laughs) So, today, the Edinburgh Manor sits alone at the end of a long road with grassy farm fields on either side of it. So, again, people, imagine in your minds those horror movies where there's this manor house in the middle of nowhere, and there's this long gravel, dusty road, and all you see is overgrown grass. 
when you drive in and jump to this manor and that's it. <laughs> and that's exactly nothing. why they were tucked away in places like that. Right. I mean, if you look at the, uh, you know, famous haunting asylums, you know, you have Waverly, you have Rolling Hill asylums. Yep. When you do an aerial view of those places, I mean, they sit in the middle of acres of farmland. I mean, yes. they are out there because when these things were built, these people were like shunned. They were shunned. So it's like, well, let's mm -hmm. keep them away from society where they can't escape and then just go down yep. the road and eat an ice cream at Fred's <laughs> ice cream shop, you know? So right. they made sure that, hey, if you want to escape, <laughs> go ahead. You're going to have to cross a couple mountains and hills. Mm -hmm. You might say hi to Bigfoot on the way out, <laughs> and then you'll get lost, and then you'll want to yeah. come back. Absolutely. You'll want to turn around. So medical documents and personal belongings can still be found in the manor when the last patients and employees left the building in 2010, and they never returned. So like I said, I'll put that in there, some pictures of it, because it's spooky. So. But it is said that the spirits of the dead roam the property at night. Like, yeah. Okay. So let's get to the fun stuff and the spooky stuff. So paranormal activity at the Edinburgh Manor has played host to hundreds of visitors. So you can go on a day trip. By the way, a day trip is very reasonable. Uh, it's 10 bucks for a tour. Very, very reasonable. I'll get to the overnight thing here in a little bit. So, again, paranormal investigators uh, to shows like Ghost Adventures, <laughs> they have experienced everything from footsteps to mysterious laughter to sinister shadows and apparitions. All of the lingering presence remained from the building's years as a care facility, and those former inmates do not rest in peace. So, let's start with the first floor. First floor, you will see a spirit. He's a little girl named Susie who laughs and plays and sings in the first floor hallway. There's also a spirit of a man who allegedly committed suicide in one of the janitor's closets. And there also is a room on the first floor where a brutal <clears throat> assault <laughs> occurred and an uncomfortable presence can be found. Footsteps roam the building, tapping away into the night. The building's stairway doors slam shut on their own accord. So that's just the first floor fair. So oh there's a girl, and remember, folks, with uh, a little girl, sometimes it's not a little girl, it is a demon. Because demons like to appear as Oh, things that you don't find uh, threatening, offensive, and... Something that can easily lure you. Correct. And she likes to... See, this is why I was thinking it's a demon, because what some other uh, sites told me is, like, she'll... It's like a siren song. Like, she'll sing, like a little girl, la, 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 you know, and you'll follow it, and then you start to get lost. Like, the paranormal investigators say... They'll follow the the singing and the laughing. And, you know, this is a 12,000 square foot building, so it's not small. So, and they get to a point where they're like, where am I? And they're in this dark, <laughs> foreboding place where they're lost. 
And if you don't have the proper communication as a paranormal investigators, walkie-talkies, other communication, wow, that is not good. So <laughs> let's get to the second floor. This is interesting. The current owner spent a night in room 200. He felt as if someone was squeezing his big toe. Later, when his nephew and friend investigated the room, they got an interesting EVP saying, I grabbed you. Ooh. So how'd you like to hear that EVP? <laughs> I've heard some. I've I've caught some good EVPs myself, and it's difficult. But let me tell you what, when you catch one and you hear one for yourself, it gives you chills. It It, it just, it's so... I don't, you know, mm. scary is not even the right word for yeah. it. It's just mm -hmm. mind bending because yeah, you're absolutely. like, okay, I'm here. I didn't say a word and I'm hearing something screaming through this EVP. So mm. I'm sure there's some great EVP captures in that place. Yes. So the next thing on the second floor you would see is a woman dressed in a white dress is seen at the top of the stairwell quite often. She disappears when people see her. Her spirit is, and I love this one, her spirit is always seen between the times of noon and 2 p.m. A white mist was seen near the ceiling when you see this woman, like I said, at the exact location. So she's a very punctual ghost. <laughs> Dude, well, you know what that might be? That might yeah. actually be like... um residual like she's Correct. doing her nursing rounds because usually i mean i don't know if i just know from whenever i've been in the hospital you get your medications Correct. at certain time and i bet you noon to two that was like yep. there so that's pretty interesting i'd like to go visit edinburgh manor because that yeah. i've always heard of that name and yeah. I know I've seen some investigations on. I just can't think of them like mm -hmm. right off the bat right now. But I know mm -hmm. this place is very well known for the spook that happens there. Right. And it gets even better. So in room tool four, a toy fire truck has been seen moving. It even shows up in other rooms on the floor. And I've seen pictures of this. And this is kind of a hard one for me. Uh, Pharaoh, because, you know, people could just move it and take a picture, right? But there was a, I've seen a ton of YouTube stuff on this. You can go Edinburgh Manor, ton of YouTube, uh, where the fire truck was moving, you know, where it was like a little kid was moving it. So it wasn't like slamming all over the place or it was just kind of just like a little kid pushing it along, you know what I mean? Right, Playing right. With it. Well, there's uh, so many that. trigger objects there, because didn't you say a lot of their belongings were left there when they Correct. left in 2010? So we all know that there's things that, you know, spirits can attach themselves to. And that might have been, you know, definitely like a little like there's kids there. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's little orphan people that were there and dumped off there. So, yeah, absolutely. So my favorite place of all the basement <laughs> I'm what I if I, I love go on paranormal investigation. Yes, I'm going to be the basement guy. So if anybody goes, I'm not doing it. I'll be like, I am not doing. So perhaps the most inf infamous spirit is one that has been dubbed the name the Joker. <laughs> so remember, I'm saying comic book villain and stuff like yep. that. Yes, they call him the Joker because he's said to inhabit the basement 
and he wanders between the rooms, paying special attention to the boiler room and a small padded cell on the opposite side of the building. The stories say that this spirit is that of a man who is confined to that cell and ended his own life there. The Joker has been seen, heard, and experienced, including a violent incident where dishes were thrown to the floor. Now, this is, this is crazy, too, because I haven't had this happen to me, but a friend of mine had this happen to him. He touches people, leaves marks on people, and he, again, tends to throw dishes to the floor in the basement dining room. What a, what a place to have a dining room in the basement. Yeah, that <laughs> is a powerful spirit, though, because normal human yes. spirits don't have that much energy. So it's his anger and his negativity and what, Correct. you know, of course, committing suicide. You know, we all know what that could lead to, you know, not being yes. in the pearly gates, but, you know, that could be a lot of why he's more negative and can do things like that. But that's a, that's a scary spirit yeah. to encounter. People better be careful there because yes, he can hurt people in not good ways and attach to them yes. as well. Yes. Absolutely. And he is believed to, like I said, committed suicide in this. I can't hear room, you. Which is no longer padded by hanging himself. And. Perhaps oh, this you're is cutting out there. Thing that people say they have trouble breathing down there in the basement because the marks that I was just telling you just here a, a second ago appears on people's necks. So people have walked out of there and have seen like someone who basically who looks like someone was trying to strangle them or choke them, oh, you wow. know, by the fingerprints on their neck. Yeah. So that's, and it happens to men and women. There was no distinguished, no distinguished, like, well, it's mostly women, mostly men. No, it happens to both. People all walked out of there. They said they'll, they'll grab their throat and they'll have trouble breathing. And then they'll be like, oh, it's probably just a must in the, you know, humidity down here. I, I got to go outside. And they get outside and people go, what is on your neck? <laughs> and they're like, oh my goodness, you know. Wow. No, there's there's a difference between, you know, going down in a basement and coughing up some black mold. And then there's a difference yes. when something is grabbing your grabbing your neck. And this spirit definitely seems like he has the uh, the ability to do that. So, yeah, I can I'm sure you have to sign something to probably go in that place. Correct. Correct. So Edinburgh Manor can be unsettling, sometimes terrifying place. And it's not for the faint of heart. Some visitors can't even make it through the entire night in the building. But if you think you can, Farah, they say, we invite you to come along with us as we explore the chilling location, you know, for yourselves. So what is the price to do that? It costs $250 for one night for one to five people. Okay. The day tours are $10. And this is funny. The building does not have heat or running water, but it has electricity. <laughs> that's an interesting, that's interesting because normally it's the other way around or just nothing at all. Correct. Correct. Um, 
And I was looking some things up on Reddit. I like to do this thing called mildly scary tales of Reddit. And the only thing I really found was people going, oh, you know, I went there and uh, tried to see the Joker and I yelled the Joker. And I'm like, you idiots, you don't antagonize the spirit. You know, that is the worst thing you could do. So there was a the really one- good, good, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the one thing about me and, you know, Courtney and Vicky and Amanda and everybody they know is that I'm one that my hopes and dreams are to spend the night in the basement of the Conjuring house or the Sally house. I mean, I'm one that I'm saying, bring it on. Like, I love scary, spooky, horrifying, terrifying. So, but yes, you're right, John. I mean, you don't go in and like antagonize it. Now, granted... I know people think that to get like more evidence, mm-hmm. but you'd be surprised if sometimes you just go into a place and set devices up and just sit there, you get more, you get more evidence yeah. a lot of the times than right. just, you know, cause they don't, there's so many times that they yeah. want to be treated like a clown touch yeah. this, go over here and say yeah. this, move yeah, this, yeah, you know, yeah. just yeah. let them be what they want. Exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, I have some EVPs that I'll put out there that you can listen to uh, later, Farah. Hopefully they work. They were kind of taken from, like, uh, some paranormal investigators. This sounds a little bit rough, but hopefully I can pick it up and uh, make a listen to it. And they are of whistling. So you hear somebody whistling, clear as day. You hear a little girl singing, clear as day, if I can, you know, make it clear as day, I should say. And then also you hear people talking like, like if someone was at your bedside and they were going like, Oh, I, I think Farah is not doing so well. And, but all you, you can't make out what they're saying, but it seems like there's a serious, like they're having a serious discussion about like a scary mumble. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of weird, scary mumble. So Farah, I always ask my guests this question when I, when I do a haunted place, do you think it's haunted? Oh, for sure. Edinburgh Manor, for sure. A lot of those poor farms and, you know, and I will have to say, I love how there's people that are buying these places and restoring what they can for paranormal tours and investigation, because we're only going to learn from more places doing that. So instead of knocking it down, you know, let us investigate it. But definitely, I mean, I believe in the afterlife. I believe in spirits. And Mm -hmm. I believe that if this is where a lot of them stayed for, you know, a lot of their life. And they, and some of them might have not have seen it as a tragic place to be at. Right. And they might go back there infrequent because it's all they did know. Hopefully, I hope they haunt their family, you know, at their <laughs> own homes, you know, for dropping yeah, yeah. them off there. But I definitely think in Edinburgh Manor has um, residual and intelligent paranormal Correct. sense you're able to capture, you know some different things on there that kind of goes over just the residual part of things. Yes. That is a double. I'd like to yes. meet the Joker. Yes. Is a double, that is a double. By the way, the reason they call him the Joker is because people who have seen him, they say he's a thin, frail looking man with this like big, wide, sinister grin and like narrow eyes. So it like, it looks like the Joker. That's why they call him the Joker. Uh, but there isn't a lot of people who have seen him, but when they have seen him, they're just like, oh my God, it's like the Joker. So you already answered my other question. Would you stay overnight? And you've said yes. 
<laughs> so, but would you do it? I definitely would. Your, would you do it by yourself or with a group? Yes, I would. Hands down. I would do it by myself. I think the best evidence is by yourself. I went into my cave by myself numerous amount of times, oh. um, way back in there where it's dark and where it's scary. There was noises and footsteps coming from left, right, straight behind me. All oh, I had was like a little Kuhlman wow. lantern. So, um, yeah. And I've, I mean, and to me, I think I've gotten the best evidence with just me being in there mm-hmm. because when I had the crew out and we did that operation mm-hmm. cryptid where I had, uh, Jessica Jones came out cryptid warfare, Drewski and so can they brought oh, like seven great. other guys, you know, yeah. we got evidence, but uh-huh. I got more when I was by myself because I think oh. the spirits see your vulnerability and I mean, sure. they were coming at me from all angles and I just stood wow. there and just kept my ground and um, caught them on SLS. And then, you know, mm. they messed with the REM pod a bunch of times. It was great. I mean, I, I, I love it. I, I talked to them <laughs> in my house here. So if you can do it by yourself, yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, you mentioned some places you like to stay. My dream is Bobby Mackey's. I want to go to Bobby Mackey's. Oh, Wilder, Kentucky. Yeah, I want to go there and check it out because I I just, I've been to Savannah, Georgia, uh, and I took group tours and stuff like that, ghost tours and stuff like that. And, you know, it's so funny in the South, like in Savannah, and I already told this on the show, that literally people would be like, oh, that's haunted. That's haunted. Like, they, they totally get it there. Like, like oh yeah, people, Savannah. I, I, I yeah, like I told people, I was at the Sonic, and I just joke, "Is this Sonic? Ho- you know, haunted?" And people are like, "Oh yeah, the bathroom's haunted." <laughs> yeah, like, everywhere in Savannah, it yeah. has so much history. I would love to go down to Savannah and go into all the different places that are haunted there because that's more like that's a town. I mean, there's people buried under that town, so yep. it's. But Bobby Mackey's, that's a whole different kind of haunting. That yeah. is some demonic. I mean, would you go into the, uh, would you sit in the well and do a Ouija board session? Oh, wow. That is a great question. Uh, I would say no. I am not one of those guys. I was going to ask you a question. Have you ever been so scared you scream like a little girl? Uh, <laughs> I am a. Uh, a pretty big guy, and I am not going to sugarcoat it. I have screamed like a little girl when I've been scared before. And, you know, I, I'm just like, you're tough. You're my hero, Farah. I mean, you're like going into <laughs> caves and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just go and visit a cemetery and hear a noise, and I go, ah, like a little girl and run out of there. So I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get scared. I just don't, I just don't leave because, especially when they were killing my chickens or taking my chickens, oh, whichever right, right. one, you know, I was more just like, okay, look, we're going to get along and you're yeah. going to love it. <laughs> so, absolutely. So, I hope you liked this episode. Hope you learned a little bit. Uh, my I did. Friends. I loved it. And, and, yeah. So, Farah, tell me, uh, why don't you, before we end this uh, show, tell me a little bit about your podcast and what people could expect when they listen to it. 
Well, to sum my podcast up in a short story, um, if you like everything paranormal, decrypted, uh, aliens and UFOs, abduction stories, a little of true crime, uh, mysteries, <laughs> legends and lords, this is your place to be. Um, I feel that I go a little bit over on the, uh, we'll just say my tagline that I created, I created two of them. One of them is explore your strange. And the other is it's nice. not just a podcast, it's an experience. Because what I, I do it. for my, um, is at times where I'm able to create characters, like say, for instance, when I covered Jack the Ripper, Ripper and the Whitechapel murders, um, mm. I played a character, Jack the Ripper, and then I do AI voices with like women that played like the, the, the night ladies of the nights and the nice way to say uh -huh. it, you know, to create and bring yeah. you back to that time. You hear, you know, you hear the 1800s cobblestone horses, you know, on their, on their journey down the street. And I, in a lot of the stories, I bring you back to that time with different select music for different scenes and sound effects. So I try to go over and beyond to make it more of just not a listening experience, a full on immersive experience. Yeah. I want you to feel it. I want you to feel that you were there in England in the 1800s, you know, where there was a dark alley lit by gas lamps and Jack the Ripper steps uh -huh. out and you hear the echoes of his shoes and it, and it sends chills because it does bring you there for that short moment on what that must have been. I tried to get a little mm -hmm. bit of like a victim feeling and, you know, the perpetrator feeling and mix it all up. And I just think that the feedback that I've gotten has been great because it's not just me, you know, reading a story to you. I want to tell it and I want you to experience it. So if you want a ride of your life, come over to the Conversation Cabin podcast. I cover everything strange and unexplained. And I'm always looking for people to share their story. I create a great platform. You're safe with me. And um, yeah, I, I love doing what I do. Well, Farah, like I said, I'm a fan myself. I, I love listening to it. You're right. You you put people right in the center of the the mystery or the drama or the story, whatever you want to say. Absolutely love it. So where can they find you though? Uh, what different, what are your social sites that people can take a look at you and get your experience? Sure. Um, well, my main hosting platform is Podbean. I mean, if you want to go to a wedge page and see everything, but I mean, I always say I'm on all streaming platforms. I'm on Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, you know, all the good ones. Um, and then you can, of course, find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Conversation Cabin. And then I'm also on Twitter, The Conversation Cabin Podcast, or Explore Your Strange, spelled with an X-P-L-O-R-E-U-R, <laughs> and then the word strange. Um, nice. But yeah, and then of course, um, Courtney and I are, Courtney from Haunts Podcast, and I yes. are collabing for our new show, Haunts in the Cabin, which is going live actually for our first show next Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So um, wow. definitely look us up. We have a new show that's going to be coming out, and I think everybody's going to love it. And um, yeah, I would love to get some new listeners. And John, um, you know, it's been so great to be here, and I can't wait to have you on my show too, friend, and share some uh, great topics with you too. 
Absolutely. I look forward to it too, Farah. So we end every episode by, we say, say hi to your ghost. So hello, ghost. <laughs> hello, my ghost friends here in my wonderful house that love to bother me. <laughs> and of course, stay spooky. So Farah, again, thank you so much. I'll put all the links out there for you people to check out this great episode. And I look forward to being on your episode. Definitely. We'll get it on the calendar there, John. I'll email right, you right away. <laughs> Thanks, Farah. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.